all those lives, which one... Which one is the right one? Each of these lives is the right one. Every path is the right path. Everything could have been anything else, and it would have just as much meaning. Welcome to the Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. This is Eric, and sitting across from me is Arwen. Uh, we just watched a movie, and what movie did we just watch? Mr. Nobody. Mr. Nobody. By the way, you can follow us on Twitter. We are at Funtime Movies One. That is at Funtime Movies and the number one. This movie is called Mr. Nobody. Right. It is rated R. It is a two hour and 21 minute movie. So you, you gotta kinda power through this one. Um, <laughs> uh, directed and written by uh, Jaco Von Dormael. And I probably said his name right. I'm not sure. Uh, it's French. I think he's from Belgium. Do we know any other movies by him? I couldn't. Like, I looked at his IMDb and I looked at his directing credits. They're all foreign films. This is considered a foreign film as well. And we'll talk about that near the end uh, during our box office talk. Yeah. I, I really don't think I've ever heard of him before. Okay. Yeah, me either. Um, it stars a list of people who are sort of famous now. Um, one is Jared Leto or Jared Leto. He, he goes by Jared Leto. Leto. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know him as the Joker uh, in Suicide Squad. He was in the Dallas Buyers Club. I think he won an Oscar for that. Yeah. Um, uh, Requiem for a Dream which is a future Happy Fun Time movie hour project we're going to do. Sarah Polly, do we know anything that she's been in? I remember her being on an Avonlea show that was based out of Canada. When okay. I was a teenager, it was like on the Disney Channel, and I just loved her. All right. So she's been in quite a few things. Also, um, as an adult, she was in Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, Dawn um, of the Dead. 2004 Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. And Go and Splice, Splice, which I have not seen Splice. I haven't seen that either. Isn't that that Adrian Brody, uh, like... It was an alien. It, I think alien it was supposed to be hybrid? similar to The Fly. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> it might be. I don't know. Diane Kruger is Diane in this. Diane Kruger, yep. She just had a baby with Norman Reedus. What a guy. Norman so, Reedus. Yeah. I didn't know that. And there's a, a woman that plays... All right. So, Sarah Pauly plays Elise. Mm -hmm. Diane Kruger plays Anna. Yes. Jared Leto plays Nemo, mm -hmm. um, which apparently in Latin means nobody. And he calls himself Mr. Nobody. So, is he nobody nobody? Right. So, <laughs> Nemo nobody. Um, and uh, then you also have uh, Lynn, Lynn Dan Pham. Yeah. Or Lynn Don Pham. Yeah. Um, she plays Jean. Yes. I know. I've probably um, butchered a, her name. I apologize. A, <laughs> she's an Asian woman. Mm -hmm. And the only thing in her IMDb uh, that I recognized was Ninja Assassin. And she plays Pretty Ninja. Oh. So that's all I've ever seen her in as far as I know. She has a lot of foreign films as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, a lot of foreign-speaking films, too. Yeah. Then we got Natasha Little. Yes. She plays Mommy, or the mother. The mother. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Reese uh, Ifens. Ifens. He He's plays the, the dad. I love him in Pirate Radio. Pirate Radio. He was also in Little Nicky. Yes. That's where most people will probably recognize him. And what was the name of that show? Happy-ish? Yeah, Happy-ish. Okay, Happy-ish. That's a Showtime series. Uh, he played a character in that. Um, he was also in Alice in the Looking Glass. Yes. Yeah, he's he's around. He's I, been around a lot. He's Natasha, a British uh, actor. I don't think I've seen her in anything else. But she's in a lot of British television, yeah. it looks like, as well. Yeah, so uh, they definitely brought the British uh, people into this movie. Mm-hmm. A lot of good acting is in this movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, this movie was filmed in Montreal. Uh, so it's a foreign filmmaker. Is it French in, or French Canadian? French, French Canada. Oh, okay. But no, no uh, the Jaco Van Dormael, I think he is from Belgium. Oh, okay. That's so right. You said that earlier. He's from Belgium. Mm-hmm. They filmed it in Canada with a bunch of British actors. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> Which is kind of funny because uh, Jared Leto does not have a European accent in no. this at all. No. He is his own normal voice. Yeah, and that's one of the things that kind of bothered people is that young Nemo had a British accent, older Nemo didn't. Yeah. Uh, British accents came and went, and the reason is because uh, I don't think the ac- accents mattered. Nothing no. really matters in there this movie. There was so much going on in this movie that the accents should be the last thing that should bother you. Exactly. Um, like I said, this movie is rated R, and you can see it on Netflix uh, I've seen it one other time before we watched it together, mm-hmm. and when I when I was watching it, and I was watching it real late at night, and kind of half watching it, you know, I was reading and watching, I turned it off in the middle of it, and I went, Arwen's got to see this movie. <laughs> so, um, let's talk about the synopsis of the movie, basically. Okay. It's convoluted. Oh. Uh, to yeah. say the least. People have compared it. To Cloud Atlas. I am one of those people who do not. I have not seen that movie. Uh, You don't need to see that movie. Uh, Cloud Atlas is a convoluted mess of a movie. It's kind of where time jumps around and you're not sure. Well, Tom Hanks plays the same, a a different character in each timeline or some. It's it's like a five hour long movie. Not not really five hours. It feels like five hours. But yeah, I watched the whole movie and I was like, I got nothing out of that. So I could I could see where people can make that argument here though because this movie feels like it's five hours long. It, it does. It's a it, long and feeling. It's, movie. it's good, and you come out of it almost. What did I just watch? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the synopsis goes like this: uh, A boy is born uh, to some parents. Yes. And around the time he turns nine years old, his parents split up, and he's on the. Uh, train station platform with his father his mother's leaving and he is forced to make a choice at that point now from that point on the rest of the movie is inside the head of this little boy and that's one thing you got to remember when you watch this movie because nothing past that point really happens yeah and what happens when he's everything happens everything happens (laughs) like uh so he runs out of scenario with three girls. 
And he marries each one of these girls. Right. They're all wearing different colors. One's wearing brown. One's wearing blue. One's wearing red. No, one's wearing yellow. One's wearing blue. One's wearing red. The one wearing red is the one he really loved. That's the one he was always thinking about. Like, when you see... Before they get to this divorce path, he's at the pool. Yeah. And he sees this little girl in a red bathing suit. Right. And he follows her, basically, you know, with his eyes and watches her. So he's the one he's most obviously attracted to at this point. Okay. Yeah. All right. And uh, the one wearing blue would be Elise, Sarah Polly's character. Mm -hmm. Uh, And these are all little girls, so that's why I'm a little, like, lost as to who is who at this point. And blue is not a good color for her because she is blue. She's very blue. She's sad, tired. And then uh, there's Jean who wears yellow. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what color that's supposed to represent. Greed. Greed? Greed. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they're all wearing different colors. There's a lot of symbolism in this movie. And uh, the movie really actually starts with an old man on his deathbed, right? Yes. And he's dying, and he's the last living human being, basically. He's the last to die of old age. Yeah. He doesn't have a stem cell compatible pig. That's right. Everybody <laughs> owns a pig in this future. Um, and people are living forever, right? Yes, and they are... Very odd people. Yeah, there's this guy that's, like, tattooed from head to toe. Yeah. Uh, well, at least his face and hands. I He's wearing a suit, so we can't really see any more of him. But I'm assuming head to toe. And he just sits there and says weird stuff. Mm-hmm. He um, asks him questions, kind yeah. of. He asks him how old he is, and he says, I'm 34 years old. Mm-hmm. I was born February of 1975. He's clearly... Not no thirty four. We this come point. to find out that that year is twenty ninety two. Yeah, it's the year twenty ninety two. Okay, so that's one possible reality, right? He's the last mortal. He's the last. Mortal. That's what they called him. Okay, and the old man is played by Jared Leto. Uh, Jared Leto plays the adult version of himself when he is, I think, around thirty four. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to talk about this movie without saying. It, it was almost like it was all a dream. Mm-hmm. And there's like these dreamlike sequences in this movie. Uh, I'm brought to remember the part where everybody's wearing the same checkered vest. <laughs> yes. And everybody's driving the same car. Yes. I, I'm drawn to when he sees his love in the subway station. They slow down. Everything around them is speeding up. I'm drawn to the idea of when he gets her phone number, somebody cooks noodles in Brazil. Yes, the butterfly effect. And and it causes clouds, and one single raindrop falls at that exact moment and washes away his phone number, or the phone number of the girl. Yeah. Um, just strange things like that happened during this movie. Um, there's a mission to Mars. Yeah. Um... <laughs> He plays some sort of Steve Jobs type character or a Carl Sagan type. And that's the thing. There's a couple of times where he's discussing quantum physics and philosophies yeah. and things and, and just, you know, these complex theories. 
And one time you see him, he he is sort of like a Carl Sagan type. Yeah. And then in that another instance, he's got the burned face. Right. And he's more like a Steve Jobs type character. Yes. So, and I think there might have been one other mix in there, but I I don't remember. Yeah, it, it keeps revisiting that person, and I think that's the same person who's married to uh, Elise, Sarah Polly's character, maybe, because well, he wears glasses. Well, no the the one <laughs> the one instance where he is with Anna, he's wearing the glasses, and he's that professor type character. And and that's but the one where a- he's sitting in a car, and the car in front of him explodes, and that's why he got the burns. See, that's an that's the one with. There's the burns. two. Di- he yeah, wears I know glasses that. in both of them, though. Okay. So I thought I thought that he was married to somebody. He who was, had glasses. He he was married to Elise at that point, and okay. this is the where it gets a little confusing because there's two different adult versions. It seems like where he's married to Anna, two different adult versions where he's married to Elise. Yes. And one version where he's married to Gene. I don't think there was a secondary one where he was married to Gene. Yeah, I can't think of any others. Because Gene, and and to me it seems like it's almost like how you want your life to go in, in a pie chart. Yeah. And how much you would want passion or depression or greed or wealth. And, you know, so in his his pie chart... Greed would be very small. So Jean is not much of a character. She's very insignificant. Yes, to him. And the overall story. Like, she's just a blip. You see her every now and then. Yeah. And so it was kind of hard to watch her scenes mm-hmm. because you felt bad for her. <laughs> you know? She, yeah. she wanted love. And he was just completely spaced out and was like, what am I doing here? Right. You know, it never seemed like he was actually involved in that marriage. Yeah, I could see that. Definitely. Yeah, I remember the giant pool, the house, you know, like they had stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, the they weren't car. happy. Yeah, he he wasn't happy. Yeah. Um, there was also this weird thing. You see him die a lot in this movie. Yes. Like, how, how, how can I explain this to where... It can be understood. Um, you have a straight line, and then that line branches off into these different scenarios, and then those branches branch off into other different scenarios until you have this gorgeous web of insane possibilities. <laughs> and so he uh, he wrecks on his motorcycle and dies. He uh, falls into a lake, mm-hmm. you know, drives into a drives lake, into a lake. And, and dies. He dies in outer space. Yeah, he dies in outer space. Two different ways it looked like. Yeah, one time it exploded and I forget, I think the other time he froze to death. It was really weird. He drowns in the pool as a child, I think. Yeah. Oh, um, no, he drowns in the, he drowns in the pool and Gene saves him. Yeah, he wakes up in a bathtub and a hitman shoots him yes. in the head. I mean, there's just so many different avenues yeah. happening in this movie. It's hard to keep them all straight. Exactly. And that's why color usage was a huge key in figuring out where the heck he was at. Exactly. When when things happen, you go, okay, so it's, we're following this branch right now. 
and then it'll go back to the old man and it's a different branch. And the whole time we're going back to the old man, there's a man, a journalist, mm-hmm. uh, recording his life story. Right. So we're going to talk about him for a second because I think he is us in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's as confused as we are. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he asks all the right questions. He's like, which one's real? And Nemo goes, they're all real. <laughs> and he's like, that's impossible. Right. He goes, anything is possible. <laughs> Nemo, old Nemo is aware that he is still a nine-year-old boy as well. Yes. He says, we're all just a figment of imagination inside a nine-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they had to spoon feed that to us. Um, this isn't a David Lynch movie where everything's left open to interpretation and then credits roll and you go, what the hell did I just watch? <laughs> uh, you, you're you're going you're gonna to get it a little bit spoon fed. It's a very ambitious movie. I like the movie. Um, it's not going to go in heavy rotation of, oh, we got to watch Mr. Nobody right. once a year or some crazy nut job thing I would do. Uh <laughs> What was your favorite part of this movie? My favorite part of this movie is the scenes with young Nemo and young Anna, the teenager versions, uh-huh. where he had chosen the path to go with his mother when she left and they moved to America or yeah. something. Yeah, big buildings. I mean, America. Yeah. Well, it sounded like it. I, I, I'm not sure. But my, my favorite scenes were watching their love story go through the yeah. process. Even... Even dirty hippie Jared Leto character <laughs> waiting at the subway station, you know, or waiting out by this this pier that they said they were going to meet at was just heart wrenching. Yeah. So those were yeah. that was my favorite. There was that the red storyline. There was that scene with him on the park bench and just waiting. Yes. And he floats up into the air. That was kind of neat. Yeah. I'd say old Nemo talking about his life story. Uh, to the journalist. I found that fascinating. And I could have watched a movie with just him lying in bed <laughs> telling a story. Wow. Yeah. And it just fascinated me. I, I think it's because I like storytelling. Yes. And, and things like that. But yeah, uh, Juno Temple uh, played young Anna. Mm-hmm. And uh, we saw her in Horns. Yes. Which is another excellent movie uh, based on a book by Joe Hill. And uh, I'm trying to think of other things that she's been in. Uh, she was in The Other Boiling Girl, um, various other projects that she's been in. Uh, she was Maleficent, in the yeah. Horns is one of my favorites. Right. Boy who played Young Nemo yeah. was Toby Regbo. Yeah. I and don't he's know. actually playing Young Dumbledore in the Grindelwald movie that's coming out. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So he just plays young versions of older people. That's what it appears yeah, like. He's very good at it. Yeah. Yeah, if you got a thing, do your thing. <laughs> what part didn't you like? I did not like watching a lot of the scenes with adult Elise right. and and Nemo because she is just so depressed. And I know that there are people out there that deal with this all the time. Yep. I don't think that I could personally deal with this type of character. I think you can. No, I don't think so. <laughs> But she's just, 
you know, she's just hard to watch. She is. And that's why I picked that as my least favorite part Mm -hmm. as well. She seemed happy as a child. Um, As the young child. Yeah. The teenage version. No. She did not make sense because she's like, I love this man. And... I'm sorry, I'm just going to love this man. And yet, Nemo continues to pursue her, even though she's clearly said, not in love. I'm not interested in you. Right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I didn't like, what was her name? Elise. Elise. Uh, Sarah Polly's character. I understand the depression part. Right. Because I deal with depression. Um, I deal with it. But, like, there's ways of coping. Mm-hmm. And she just wasn't coping. She seemed like she was the type who probably needs medicated. Yeah. Heavily medicated, Absolutely. possibly. And, you know, he seemed to love her, but it's like, you either get her help or you let her go. Yeah. Because she did not want to be there. It's not that he didn't want to help her. Right. You know, she did not want to be there. Exactly. And uh, it, it looked like he had exit strategies. You know, he would, he died a couple times in her, in that part of the reality, right? Yeah, I think so. Let's talk about your most liked character. Who was that? Probably Anna. Anna? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine, again, Old Nemo. I, I just really enjoyed that part. I, there's a there's an old movie with Dustin Hoffman called Little Big Man. Oh, good movie. And, uh, yeah, he, uh, he plays an older character in that. And people are like, oh, the prosthetic makeup is just suck. Yeah, it was in the 70s. Who cares? Um. <laughs> But he tells his life story, and it's a weird story as well. It's a whopper, yeah. And I'm not going to compare Mr. Nobody to Little Big Man, um, because Mr. Nobody happens inside the mind of a, a of a child. And we should really back up for like two seconds uh, about him being in heaven and the angel yes. touching... Each of the... Each of the children. Yeah. And it somehow missed Nemo. Yeah. So all these children have the knowledge of the universe. They know everything. mm -hmm. And this is why... This is is a reason given why when he's making this choice, he can run all these scenarios through his head. So, yes, they're all real scenarios. They will all really happen if he takes these uh, branches. He makes that choice. Right. So, yeah, but, like, with Little Big Man, though, I can't compare it to that because, yeah, everything happened, but it was linear, and uh, and and the story made a lot more sense. Yeah. Um, Mr. Nobody is not a linear movie at all. No. Speaking of that, that scene with, you know, the children, yeah. it really reminded me of an old Shirley Temple movie. Really? Where, yeah, there's this there's this scene in one of her movies where they're all like little children and they're about to be born, and it's you know a heavenly scenario. Oh. So it really reminded me of that. But the other thing about that scene was the parent parade. Oh yeah, I forgot how much I really liked the parent parade. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> like oh. they had Inuit parents, you yep. know. Uh, different foreign types of parents and he's like i chose a nice lady <laughs> yeah i chose a nice lady. i chose mommy and daddy yeah <laughs> okay uh you never find out what their real names are no no they're called mom and dad or mom mother the mother nemo and father nemo mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh so what what is your least liked character 
Elise. Yeah, me too. There's no debate. Elise was the, uh, probably the uh, worst character in the movie. And I think I like, I, I disliked teenage Elise more than adult Elise. Because she made less sense? Yes. Yeah. It's like, uh, teenagers don't make sense a lot of the time right. anyway. But th- in this instance, Nemo's actions, it's like, why would you even pursue this? Like, in one path, he goes with her and they get married. In another path, he sees her purposefully kiss the boy that she liked. Yeah. And then he drives off on the motorcycle and ends up crashing in an, in a coma. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a couple of instances where you see the mother is with the, the man that she had an affair with. Yeah. And then uh, one instance, Nemo is with the father and taking care of him because he's got maybe Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's or uh, or some kind of a debilitating Degenerative disease. disease or disease. something, you know. Yeah. And you're like... Does he really know this is happening? Is this why she broke up with the father? Is because he has this disorder? That could be. Because they never say that. Yeah, they just fall out of love somehow. Something, you know. Yeah, nothing really is explained about the parents at all, uh, except that they were there. Yeah. And so there's all these different scenarios, and your brain kind of feels like it's been in a blender after you're done watching this movie. (laughs) Uh, could you compare this movie to uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Maybe. It's got kind of that that feel to it, I think. It's not any, exact. Any Anything off mainstream kind yeah. of all feels similar. Oh, okay. You know, this movie, and, and one, I think you mentioned it, it was like in 2001 when you're at the end and you're going through the oh, monolith. Yeah. yeah. This is what it is. My God, it's full of stars. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, and and you see him as an old man, and he uh, in in two thousand one, a space odyssey. You see him as an old man. You see him as himself, and then you see him as like this little star baby in the, yeah. in the universe. Yeah, and that was just a quick blip, Stanley Kubrick. Uh, but this is you know Jaco Van Dormael. You know, like we get the whole monolith. What is he doing? <laughs> it's a very ambitious movie. Um. And let's talk about maybe a, a theme of some sort. Okay. Now, now, what do you think the theme to this movie is? Did it tell you anything? Did you learn something? I don't know if I learned anything, but I felt that the theme was your choices matter. Exactly. Yeah. That's the same thing I came out with is that, you know, you see, you see two different paths and you pick that one path. That other path might also happen. And then you got multiverse. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the, the theme is choices. Everybody has choices to that have to be made. You have to make a choice mm-hmm. in life. And if you make the wrong choice, you suffer from it and you move on. Mm-hmm. If you make the right choice, great. Yeah. You made a great choice. Yeah. Good job. I mean. Yeah. Uh, the old man, he says, every path is the right path. Every path is the right path. The old man has the philosophy of an old wise man. And yeah. it just, <laughs> which is I just really enjoy. It's very strange because, you know, he's like, this is all in the brain of a nine-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. We're all in the brain of a nine-year-old boy. Let's talk about the ending of this movie because it gets really weird, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. So he's on his deathbed. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says something like, this is the most beautiful day of my life. 
and he's got this euphoric look on his face. And Jared Leto, he's like a character actor. I mean, he just gets into the character, yeah. no matter who he is, no matter what he's doing. That's why uh, he might have had some issues playing the Joker, you know. <laughs> Uh, but you got to be a good character method actor. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to say method actor, not character actor, but he plays characters. So he gets into these methods and, and, and like you, he, you believe that he is the person that is on the screen. Mm-hmm. Wait until you see Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. You're, you're going to be like, one. I have no idea that he could be this good in a movie. Uh, well, he was very good in this movie, I think. Yeah, he was. So he says, this is the most beautiful day of my life. He dies. Right. Time stops. Mm-hmm. And uh, that makes sense to me. Because when you die, time stops. Right. There is no more time for you. Right. But the weird thing is, the song Mr. Sandman starts playing. Right. And the clock starts going backwards. And you hear the old man... He gasps for air. Mm-hmm. And then you hear him laugh. He's like, ah, 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 ah. You know? So creepy. <laughs> yeah, it's a very creepy laugh. It's it's a little, it's it's almost as unsettling as Gage's, you know, oh, I'm yeah. coming to get you, you know, kind of thing <laughs> from uh, Pet Cemetery, And and he gets up and he's walking backwards and things are happening. You know, they, they always show this mashed potato and sauce. Yeah. Red sauce. Yeah. And so he stirs it in. He get, and, and there was this theory, you know, like you can mix the sauce in the mashed potatoes and they can't ever go back to their original state. Well, now it's in reverse. Uh-huh. So it's going back to its original state. Everything is going all the way back to the nine-year-old boy, right? Right. At the station where he's deciding whether he's going to go with his mother or his father. Right. And what does he choose? He chooses neither. He runs off into yes, the woods. Yes, he does. <laughs> so... <laughs> there's the fifth scenario or 80th scenario, you know, where he chooses neither. Um, so this movie is a good movie and I'm going to give it like a B minus. Okay. Um, I do recommend people watch this movie at least one time. You know, if you're listening to this podcast and you hear me talking about this movie, it's on Netflix and you can pop it on. And if you don't like it, just turn it off. I'm not forcing you. Yeah. And it was free. And, well, well, it's on Netflix. <laughs> you paid for the service. Right. <laughs> you could probably watch it on YouTube for nothing. Um, I did see quite a few versions. There's even it. I saw a director's cut. Yeah. And which it's is an like extra, 10 like, minutes yeah. longer. And I don't, I don't think you really need that extra 10 minutes. How much do you think this movie costs to make? I'm terrible at this. Um, 10 million? Ten million is very conservative. Okay. No, it costs forty-seven million dollars really? to make this movie. I'm very see. Yes. I'm terrible at the. Don't make me guess these. I'm, I'm doing this every week. Uh, I'm gonna start saying ridiculous numbers then. Do, do it. You might be right. No, forty-seven million dollars to make this movie, and it okay. and it looks like it's, it's a forty-seven yeah. million dollar movie. Yeah, there's a lot of special effects. Domestically, this movie uh, took in about three thousand dollars. That's not good. In in the United States. It was released in 2009 foreign. Okay. Uh, to foreign markets. Um, and it didn't make it to the United States until 2013. Really? That yeah. long? Yeah. It took a while. And it was only shown in like three or four theaters. See, I think that's a shame. These indie movies 
or yeah. foreign movies as well. They need to be seen on a broader scale because Americans really aren't dumb. Right. And that's the way it seems like a lot of cinema is portrayed for Americans is that we just want to see farting and, you know, crashes on screen, which are kind of funny sometimes. Yeah. I mean, we're a big fan of Fast and Furious movies. I mean, (laughs) I understand that they're ridiculous and you don't you don't sit through a Fast and the Furious movie and go, I wonder what the philosophy behind. Right. You know, (laughs) Um, so worldwide, this movie made only. $3.5 $3.5 million. Yeah. Oh, ouch. Yeah, so it's it's a box office bomb. Oh. And our experience is box office bombs, just like, you know, Empire Records. Yeah. It was a box office bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a good movie. It's a fun movie. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Nobody is a box office bomb. But it's a good movie. Yeah. People should have watched this movie. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really spoon feed you the explanations to this movie. Um, no. It is confusing in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, it's not as confusing as, I want to say, Eraserhead. You know, it's that not movie that was very odd. Yeah. Uh, so it's not as confusing as Eraserhead. Mm-hmm. It's not as confusing as, I'm, I can't even think of anything else, you know, mm-hmm. the usual suspects. Yeah, I wouldn't know. compare it to that at all. So it's a good movie, uh, but it bombed. That's a shame. Yeah. Um, no, it was a good movie, but there's really not much to say without spoiling a lot of this movie for you. So, with that, you can follow us at Funtime Movies 1. That is Funtime Movies and the number one. Leave us a message. Tell us what movie you want us to review. Tell us that we're idiots. Subscribe to our podcast. Like us. I don't know how things work yet. <laughs> Um, we're we're on iTunes and uh, Google Play Podcasts and SoundCloud. There you go. And I'm sure once, you know, the feed starts getting out there more, we'll be on Stitcher and a lot of other podcast exactly. platforms. And it's pretty exciting. You know, our first podcast dropped this week. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised that people I don't know listen to it. Yeah. I'm very happy with the low number that we got because I expected zero. <laughs> so, um, if you like us, tell us why you like us. Yeah. Give us a DM. We're, we're going to eventually have a webpage up. We'll announce what movies are coming, you know, so that you know, oh, they're going to do my favorite movie now and, mm-hmm. and, and listen to us trash your favorite movie. Or might not. We <laughs> might agree. Um, yeah, but you know, I'm a, I'm a lover of movies. I can find a gem in a pile of crap. He really can. I can. And I've seen a lot of crappy movies. <laughs> there, there's movies where you go, no, you see, yeah, that's their message, but this one scene is brilliant. Yeah. You know, and I do that a lot in movies. Uh, okay. So that is, that is our show. Watch Mr. Nobody on Netflix. Yep. Follow us at Funtime Movies 1. That is Funtime Movies and the number one. And then you can, uh, you know, subscribe to our podcast. We're on what? Google, Google Podcasts? Google Play Podcasts. Okay. And? Uh, and iTunes. And iTunes. And SoundCloud. And SoundCloud. All right. There you go. And that's the show. So, hey, just go watch a movie, right? Go watch a movie.